Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, today is children. Why? Because we're dealing with children this morning. Um, our oldest is going to welding school, working second shift. He uh, has a job with a welder. And anyway, now it's coming back to working for us. And uh, I guess it's not the point that he works for us one way or the other. It's it's how do your children manipulate you? And and the reason why I ask that question is because what I've seen now, normally you got to remember he's a normal 17-year-old boy. He's now 18, but all through high school, we had to beg him to get out of bed to get to school. And unless he had a girlfriend, then he was always an hour and a half early. And, um, which is a telltale sign if they want to show up to school early, it usually means they have a girlfriend, but I mean, it's just like today in the conversation of, Oh, when he got his welding job, which is what he's doing, he's worked at all summer. He was up at five. He got up on his own. I would say 90% of the time, maybe 99. I mean, he just really got up, worked a 10 hour day, come home. And, you know, now, like on the weekends, it's tough to get him out of bed and get him to do stuff when we're around here. And and the conversations come up that he worked back with us part-time. And I, I guess my thing is, when it comes to children, the reservations based off the past of what's happened to this point and we're probably going to, have to put our dog up in the kennel because he's making all kinds of noise. I know you can hear. Um, my reservation gets to the point where, you know, based off the past, even Monday, I mean, it's there's not an urgency to be there. And all hey, parents go through that. You get the, well, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, and then they never get to it. And, or it's in the afternoon and you need it done in the morning or the help, I don't know, is not there. It's, and the thing is, he's a good kid. He's done well. Um, but it's, um, it's just one of those things that usually me and Susan end up arguing about it and we finding a resolution in the middle usually is tough because bottom line is kids play both of us to our weaknesses they use one against the other they create can you put him in a kennel we're gonna kennel up our dog because he's got chew toys and he's just under our feet tonight or this morning boy it's a tough day um the the thing is kids play off each other they use each other um use each of the parents against each other. I And I mean, we've raised three kids, 26, 23, and 18. So I've watched it happen many times. And I guess that's my concern. And when you start, what do you do with a kid argument? And we're not even talking a huge argument of they're in drugs, they've been in wrecks. I mean, we're not even talking anything major. But it's those little things to where, you know, it's like 
the kid gets in the middle of your relationship because each person takes a side and you're not coming at a united front. And it becomes almost a, a battle between the husband and wife and the kids trying to get what they want, I guess is really what it comes down to. And, and I, like I said, it's one of those things that we've watched it with our oldest, our middle one, our, I mean, all the kids have done it. So it's kind of one of those things that, I mean, it's nothing new. I did it to my parents. I knew knew how to work my parents so that I got what I wanted. There were certain things I went to mom and asked for, and there was other things I went to dad and asked for. And uh, I knew who would who would be the one that would say yes. And I guess that's kind of, you know, just when you start talking about children in the marriage, um, I know in the beginning years, we were not on the same page at all. Um, we've done a lot better over the years. Um, but it's one of those things to where, how do you work through it? Well, and I guess... You know, my thing is nine times out of ten, um, the mama's going to be the protector, the one that wants the best for the kid. Um, you know, he sells his point really well to me because, you know, I have a tendency to agree to. I don't think he needs to be working, going to school. Anyway, it's, you know, a six-month process. I don't, something like that. And... Um, then he's going to be on the road and doing his own thing. And, you know, part of me thinks, when's he going to have time to do his schoolwork? And when, I mean, the, the ultimate goal here is for him to do well in school and to um, get out and do what he wants to do. And so, you know, I'm thinking, okay, how can I help him the best to achieve that? And it, you know, David's right, it, that we don't always agree on, what we think is best because as a mom my heart is you know not let him do whatever he wants but helping him achieve what he wants and I think dads sometimes have a tendency to be a little bit on the harder side and um, have more of a driving force I guess for lack of a better word and so it does create conflict it does create stress and my thing this morning was I wasn't intending you know I didn't want to bring up the conversation of him not working for somebody else anyway just because of for fear of how it was going to go and this is a particular case that it went pretty similar to what I had in my head and so um, how do we resolve that when we have different views and um so, I mean, we're just kind of brainstorming here today, just kind of trying to figure out, because it, it is a common theme. If you have older children that are still at home, even middle school, high school age, you know, obviously we both want what's best for our kids. Right. Um, but again, the tendency, at least in our household, is the dad seems to be a little bit harder and the mom wants to protect and and make them the kids happy and um so it's just that conflict of of what's best and really the bottom line is what's best for the kid and not trying to you know this conversation should not have been ha have affected our 
our attitude or our mood or have should not have set the stage for how our day is going to go because ultimately you know we're going to make a decision and move forward instead of it becoming such a, a big issue I guess of what's best when we don't really know what's best we're just winging it like everybody else so um anyway I don't know well, and I think, though, I mean, number one, it's not a big issue because if this would have been 10 years ago, I'd already been mad, stomped out, been mad for three weeks over it, and we would have never had a conversation. So, I mean, things are changing, but the thing is, he told me two months ago that he was going to work during school. I said, well, figure it out. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. And what could he work? Well, I could probably work till noon. You know, how far of a drive do you have? How are you going to eat lunch? I mean, and the thing is, I'm not saying it's a hugely great idea for him to be at school eight hours, drive two hours, because it's an hour there and an hour back. And then work, originally he talked about working five or six hours, which I knew wouldn't work. But my thing is figure it out make mistakes if if you're gonna go in and say you're gonna work till noon every day i tell you what i didn't think it would work but he wasn't asking me he was telling me what he wanted to do but i think his decision was based off the fact that he knows you want him to work and so he's just going to say what he needs to say in order to please you but i think in the same sense though he told me two weeks ago, mom's not happy about me working. Mom's not happy about I said, son, figure it out. If you want to work, work. If you don't, don't. I, you need to figure out where you... I, but in all fairness, he's going to welding school. He works for a welder. Once he gets certified on stick welding, he'll probably be welding. Um, but I, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things that if you... You know, this is a very common theme for us all the way through all three kids. The The difference about today is I'm not stomping mad, which was my usual MO, scream a little bit and then leave and then be mad for four days. Um, but it's one of those things that, you know, if, Sometimes it feels like, well, there's a discussion going on behind your back and, and I don't want him to work. And, and the thing is at the end of the day, he's 18, figure it out. He's going to make mistakes. And, um, when he was talking about working from, cause they start at six in the morning, he was going to work from six in the morning till noon or one, then drive to school, work there till 10 o'clock at night, then drive home. Okay, realistically, everybody knew that wasn't going to work other than him. And that was his first plan. And uh, I even told him, I said, yeah, it's going to be going to be a stretch. You might want to figure out how many hours a week that is because I think it's a little more than what you're thinking. And then he come back and he's like, well, I, may, I could probably go in at eight. And my thing is, you know, somewhere... They got to figure it out and then failing while they're at home. And that's one thing the parents, no parent likes to watch your children fail. Nobody likes to watch your children go through a hard time. 
Um, my philosophy is you'll figure it out. If you rub your nose on asphalt long enough, you'll figure out it hurts. And because they tend to, I can tell them not to do it, but what ends up happening is they end up getting mad at me and never learning it and then having to learn it some other time. Uh, I know parents that protect their children at all costs when they live with them. And then they get out in the world and they don't know what to do. Well, my thing is, once he hit about, eh, it's probably about 14, 15, it's kind of like, hey, your decisions come with consequences. Choose wisely. Um, and that's the thing is, at the end of the day, this is a blip on the radar that in 10 years won't make a shit and bit of difference one way or the other. But it does bring up a lot of the conversation. If you listen, you know, I have things that I want, but Susan has things she wants. Now, we really haven't talked a lot about it, but my thing was Eli's with him. Figure it out. That's all I got for you. Um, And that's the thing is, I mean, one way or the other, it'll work, but then you do bring a lot of prejudice in, and I'm using the word prejudice because it's based off previous actions that the kids do that you know is going to happen based off them previously doing the exact same thing. So, you know, it's it's not a fair deal. It ain't an easy deal. And honestly, it was probably one of our biggest battle points 10 years ago. Would you agree with that? Uh, probably. I mean... Yeah, I think... You know, I don't know. I just, you know, we're basing, yes, we're basing things off the past. And him and I, you know, talked about that. Of You know, when you worked for us before, you had a bad attitude. You didn't want to come in, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm hopeful that, you know, since he has worked for somebody else, he knows that that's not really an option. And, and I don't think it's fair to base things off the way he used to be and I understand that's the only thing that we have to go off of but how many times have has David said well I'm not that way anymore that's the way I used to be and he doesn't want to be he doesn't want decisions or comments made off of how he used to be and yet he's basing whether Eli's going to work for us or not off of how he used to work for us. And every kid has worked for us and, and it has been a disaster. Trust me, it's not, (laughs) it's not choice A in my book either, but, um, you know, I think, I feel like he has a good direction and a good plan and, and understand that I'm, you know, I take most people at their word and, um, I'm, I'm naive and I'm gullible and they're, going to tell me what they think I want to hear. And, you know, I believe them. But I think that there's got to be a way to communicate between spouses because kids are just going, and, and not that he's intentionally trying to put us at odds or come between us, but that's what kids do. They, you know, they have a parent that they go to for certain things, like David said earlier, and then for other things, they go to the others. Our kids know that there's some conversations that they can't have with their dad and that there's some conversations that they can't have with me. So, 
I, I think finding a balance and just realizing that we can't we can't go against it. We may disagree, but we shouldn't let it affect our relationship and the way that we go about our day. Um, because ultimately, a decision will be made, whether it's right or wrong, and, and he will figure it out. He is a good kid, and he does make good decisions. And, um, you know, he I tries agree. to do what's best for himself, and he tries to help us as much as possible. So... I think just keeping in mind that, you know, this situations like this are going to happen. Your kids are going to try to plot against each other, you against each other, and just trying to find the balance of how do we deal with that, knowing that we're not going to necessarily agree on everything, but um, in the end, we can't make a mole, a mountain out of a molehill. Right, no, and that that's what tend to happen in the past. Having a discussion or being upset or whatever, for my family, is no big deal. Because it, it's not, it's just the way we are. And again, compared to my past 10 years ago, this would have been a completely volatile situation. But, it, but at the end of the day, I mean, with your best defense, with children is a good offense. And what I mean by that is figuring out how to stand back to back and it only be you protecting your spouse and everybody else. They're not an enemy, but they're also, you know, that they have an alternative motive. And I think that's, that's one thing during our, our toughest times with our children, none of them were horrible, but um, I've got a radar that I just get a feeling that, uh, this, they're not doing this or whatever. And, and, you know, communicating it. And I probably should have, honestly, I'm going to take blame. I should have said something two weeks ago to Susan about this and we should have had the discussion. So then that way we come at a united front with him. It's not the point that it's best or this or that, but it gives gives each of us a chance to discuss it before it's in the middle of the moment. And, you know, I, I look back in the past with our children at different stages and doing different things. That actually is what works best, is having a united front. You may not completely agree with it one way or the other, but... Both sides give some to find some ground in the middle. And I think sometimes every couple does what we did this morning. Everyone reacts. Everybody gets to positioning of how do we work through this? Here's what I, and the discussion never happens. And I guess that's probably for me, the thing that we were, we've done it before and and honestly, he's a great kid. We really haven't had this many discussions about him um, because he has always been there, always done, and always, you know. Um, so, I mean, it's not like this has went on every day, and we honestly haven't had to put up a good defensive wall for a while. Um, one of our children, it was one of those things that I, I knew – she wasn't where she was supposed to be. And it was a gut feeling. And that went really bad. And in fact, it, you know, it was one of those things to where um, without the discussion 
we take different sides and we're going to hold them different sides all the way through and the other one's wrong. And I, I think that's, that's the part that's important out of this whole conversation is when do you have a conversation about, okay, how are we going to come at this problem? Where are we going to agree and disagree? And uh, depending on the family, I know some families where the mom is the tough one of the bunch and you're not getting past her and the dad's the one that they go to and vice versa. So it's not really a male and female thing. It's a personality thing. Someone's always the hard one of the bunch and someone's always the easy one of the bunch. My case, it was mom and dad. Dad was a tough one. Mom was the easy one. And uh, there was times that mom protected me when I'm like, hey, I want to do this, but I know how, how dad's going to react. Well, I'll take care of it. You know, and so, I mean, as kids, but, but I guess my next question that kind of leads me away from kids a little bit, when do we do this with our spouses elsewhere? And, and kids are the most common places, but the different places, whether it be, you know, we work together, so it's a little different, but where you have disagreements in church, well, I don't like this church, or I don't like this, or I don't like that. When do you get to flush those out? And for me, I've got to talk about it. It's now compared to a long, long time ago, I mean my way was the right way period. And I didn't care and didn't want to have a discussion. I just wanted you to do what I told you to do. Now it's like, now I'm not upset about it. I'm, I was frustrated when we started this podcast, just because a lot of it is me and Susan not being on the same page more than it is about what he wants to do or what he doesn't. Well, but I think that brings up a good point is, okay, what do you do when you're not on the same page? And, you know, something that keeps going through my head, we've said all along throughout all of our raising our kids and through our marriage is, you know, the bottom line is our kids, if we've done our jobs correctly, our kids are going to grow up and they're going to leave and they're going to do you know, whatever God's called them to do, whatever they do, you know, they're going to go on, start their own family, which, you know, we've got two of out of the three doing. Um, and, and the bottom line is, it's just going to be David and I at some point. That is the ultimate goal, or it should be the ultimate goal. Right. That's how God created us to be is to reproduce and allow them to grow up and become human beings who reproduce and bring him honor and glory and follow him. But ultimately, what, with all that being said, he is six months away from hitting the road and David and I being on our own by ourselves, which we've never really been because right. we were pregnant a month after we got married. And so um, that brings excitement. That brings, we're all about being an empty nester. You know, I know a lot of people dread it, but we're kind of excited about it. But the thing of it is, is you guys, you, we can't be at odds with each other over our kids. Again, we can have disagreements and we can, we're not going to agree on everything. We're not going to agree on how to raise them and, and necessarily what they should do, what they shouldn't do. But ultimately he's at an age now he can make his own decision. 
right, wrong, or indifferent. I know his decisions are based off of pleasing us, right. but ultimately he's going to leave. And if we're at odds against each other and can't survive, you know, we survive raising our children and then can't survive being alone together, then there's something wrong with that because ultimately that's what that's what's going to happen is we're going to be on our own. And we've got to, you know, make sure that we do support each other. We do love each other. We do communicate with one another. Um, and like I said, we're excited about, to a certain degree, about being empty nesters. It'll be difficult and it'll be different. But, um, you know, we've done our job as far as raising our kids and let, letting them go out on their own. So figuring out that balance of how to, because a lot of couples, once their kids are gone, they have no idea what to do with just it being the two of them. And most, a lot of couples divorce because once their kids are gone they have nothing else to live for or they don't know each other well enough to to stay together and or if they do find out about each other they don't like what they find out and so figuring all that out prior to the kids leaving um i think is critical and that's why we're excited about being empty nesters because we do like spending time together we do you know enjoy each other's company Sometimes it just is is rough, just like everybody else. And so it's just a balance of, you know, trying to figure that out. Well, and then that's the thing is, and I think I told this story and um, one of our children pinned me and Susan against each other. And <laughs> when I got her off to the side, I said, let me tell you how this is going to end. You are going to leave when you turn 18. Your mom's still going to be here. So I'm taking her side. And that's the thing is, how do you get, because we know a lot of couples and especially with sports right now. And if you have multiple kids, you're going to different ballparks. There are times in your life where literally you only see your spouse on weekends and, you know, because you got ball practice, you got this, you got tournaments, you got this. And then when they're all gone, like Sue said, it's like, who in the world are you? Why am I still with you? And so, I mean, it's how do you work through that process? Every couple is going to be different. Some of them are going to be volatile. Some of them aren't. But at the end of the day, if you don't communicate and figure out how to have this conversation, again, it's not about doing it right. It's about doing it different. Because if you've already got the issue going on, if you don't start the conversation, what's going to happen is you guys are going to each have your divisive feelings about situations from the past, which are driving you apart. And then you start conversations. Well, you always, well, you never. Okay, those are not true statements because no one always does something and no one never does something. And so, you know, you're already starting to lose the battle. And honestly, it's a work in progress. It is not an automatic fix. I mean, we've been to counseling for three years. We've been through a lot of things. But there's still those times to where it's frustrating for one, the other, or both. So how do you work through that? Well, without having a conversation, you're not going to. You're just going to be stuck where you're at. And 
the thing is for to work long term you gotta have conversations it's not about you guys agreeing that is not the point that we agree this is plan a it's about you respecting the other one enough to say something because at the end of the day like susan said it, it's really not about the win in this situation it's it's you know it's about figuring out how to communicate with your spouse and what does that look like and how do you get there? And I think it's one of those things that it will be a struggle until all the kids are gone. Then it's just me and her. So now we can both be mad at the dog for tearing crap up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but we do. We are looking forward to, uh, for lack of a better word, getting rid of our children um, because we do want to spend time together. We do want to go and do things together. We, you know, we're remodeling a house because we work well together when we're remodeling. Um, and it, it's so. Where's your marriage at? I guess that's really probably the the question of the day. Who doesn't communicate? And if they don't communicate, it's usually because the other one's a little volatile or completely volatile. And so they figured out, okay, if I do this, then they're going to say this, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to end up in a fight. And screw it, I'm just not going to say anything. Well, the problem with that is um, that that's called self-prophecy. You have already determined the end of what's going to happen without ever moving forward. And so the question is, where's God in this conversation? Where is God? Have you prayed about the situation before you talk to your spouse? What, whatever, especially if they're big ones. I mean, this one's really kind of a blip on the radar and in a year it won't really matter, but it's kind of one of those things that how do you deal with situations in the family without, dragging God into it. Well, and I would just, you know, if you're the volatile one, just be open to hear what the non-volatile one has to say. And if you're the non-volatile one, um, push past that fear because fear is not of God. It's from Satan. Um, Push back that fear of having the conversation and playing the recording in your head of how it's going to go. Because I think that's the, you know, I'm I'm the one that is fearful of how the conversation is going to go um, because of how things have happened in the past. Or again, I'm a people pleaser, so I don't want to upset anybody. But just push past that. And um, the volatile one, just open your ears to what they have to say and process it and then try to have a conversation. Well, and I, I think it's, I agree with you. I think it's one of those things to where, um, you know, there's keywords and Susan used to use them a lot. I don't hear them as much now, which is a, I'm seeing as a positive of, Hey, I'm, I'm concerned about telling you this. I have fear about telling you this. Well, that, that allowed me to say, okay, slow down, slick. Don't jump. Even if you're mad, give it a little time, talk to her, kind of figure out what's going on. Um, but honestly, if you don't say anything, then I got bad news. You're the problem. You're you're the one that's dooming the marriage because the other one doesn't know. And so, 
it's a balancing act, guys. There is no correct answer for every situation. It worked for us. I don't know what'll work for you because I don't know your situation, but you really need to start praying about it, reaching out. Um, we're always more than glad to talk to people and, and not that we have the answers, but we're willing to pray with you and talk, talk you through situations, whatever it may be. Because at the end of the day, we want to see marriages succeed. And this is one spot that I know marriages struggle hugely because the kids are there for minimum, minimum 18 years. So, you know, they have a lot of opportunity to create division in a marriage that if it's not dealt with, will end in divorce. Mm -hmm, I agree. So, hey, share, share this podcast with a friend. We love you guys. Have a great week.